So Tim is back. He's here today on the podcast to talk all things Enneagram. Tim has studied the Enneagram for 20 years and gives us a lot of the basics of how it works. And since I'm a five, we delve in specifically a bit to the five fixation. I hope you enjoy this conversation and learn something new. I had never heard of the Enneagram until I met you. And I have found it to be really interesting and helpful in ways to understand people's motivations. How did you come across it and how do you feel like it's been helpful to you? Well, I came across it um, early on my spiritual search that started in my early 20s. And uh, I came across it in a book and took that book traveling around with me. And uh, it's been really important um, in my life to not take things so personally um, with my relationships with others. Um, I think that's one of the things that you you see pretty quickly with the Enneagram is how mm-hmm. everybody's, how everybody's um, running their own version, their ego fixation version. And yeah, so that was one of the big things about from my early journey. Can so if in case there's anyone here who doesn't know about the Enneagram, because I didn't, uh, I had literally hadn't even heard of it before, which I was surprised by. Um, let's just get a little bit deeper into what it is. Maybe you can just give some kind of basics. Yeah, so there are nine types of human animals on the planet. <laughs> so I know it sounds rudimentary, but there are nine there are nine fixations, there are nine egoic patterns, there are nine points. Um, some people call it personality types. Um, and each of those points has different functionings. Um, there are three body types. There are three emotional types and there are three mental types. And there's a core fixation for each top type. And then there's an internal and external um, version of that core fixation. So for example, I know that was a lot of information. That is a lot. Makes sense to a lot of people. But so the core types are the three, six, and nine. And the three is the core emotional point. The six is the core mental point. And the nine is the core uh body or anger okay so i feel like i know quite a bit about the enneagram at this point just having working with you on it and like i even just felt lost on what you just said (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it helps that there's the enneagrams a um there's a diagram like there's an actual symbol the the enneagram symbol um so it helps to see the fixations sort of um put on that symbol to make sense yeah um yeah I guess when I think about it like in my head I see I'm like I see like one two three four five six seven eights and nines right okay so like to me that's like the basic is like each one of those is a type right and then within those types there's more types (laughs) there's more typing 
Well, I mean, it gets even more complicated because then you break down to um, the three subtypes. So within the nine types, you've got three subtypes, uh, self-preservation subtype, a social subtype. Or that's what I mean. So that's what I want to, ex that's yeah. what I want to explain. Yeah. So essentially there, and, and, and I think people think about the Enneagram though, there are nine different types of Enneagram, but actually when it gets broken down further into the subtypes, there are really 27 unique character fixations because, um, the subtypes really really distill further the 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 type that there are like uh, a sexual six is very different than a self-preservation six right um, exactly so there's not so there's one two three four five six seven eight and nine and then with like and then for example with a one there's a self-preservation one a social one and a sexual one right i'm just trying to for anyone who like doesn't know about the enneagram i'm just trying to like explain like the basics right. and so for example i'm a five and you're a three yeah and i'm and a sexual five and you're a sexual three right right yeah or one to one it's okay, that's what term. i was gonna that yeah. was the other thing i was gonna say was i know that that word has like a connotation that kind of gets put to it and like it has nothing to do with like sexuality right and so sometimes it's referred to as one-to-one -one. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to go in the direction, there's so many different directions we can go up. You want to go into the, the, the subtypes. Um, well, I'm still just, I'm just literally just trying to like, if someone listens to this podcast has never heard of what the Enneagram is, I'm just getting the basics of like, yeah. Like to me, this seems like foundation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and I know like for you as someone who studied it for what, 15 years, 20, 20. Yeah. Okay. 2004. So it'll do 20 next year. Yeah. So like it all makes a lot more sense. I've been studying it for almost two years. Cause I think literally the first time I ever talked to you, the Enneagram came up pretty quickly <laughs> and then I've been really interested in it since. So, um, for sake of, you know, one short podcast, we can only get into so much of, you know, 20 years worth of knowledge that you have around it. Um, but so what do you think is the most helpful to know? I know a lot of people have questions about like, how do I know my type? Right. Well, I think the I think the most helpful thing to know, and certainly what I'm most interested in with regards to the Enneagram, is um, using it to see through your egoic fixation into the deeper nature of your true reality, um, of your essential self, of your true nature. Um, it's it's a profoundly powerful tool to to do that to to use in that way most people a lot of people want to use it for making their ego a better ego and finding their strengths um and while there's nothing wrong with that it's sort of the a different direction than how i looked to use it 
Can you say a little bit more what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, the, the Enneagram is essentially for ego transcendence. It's to, it's to uh, see through see through our habitual habitual mechanism mechanistic functionings of our body mind into the deeper reality that we are so for example um you know i'm i'm working on a book right now and um we talked about you know uh you 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 mentioned your a five fixation. So mm -hmm. um, one of the one of the ways in which you can use the enneagram to transcend that five fixation is is meeting those parts of yourself that um, that run on automatic that run on automatic. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of being being abundant or depleted, um, you know, the, the 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 five tends to have a dualistic dualistic thinking of back and forth between a, abundance and depletion, um, or yeah, does that is this making sense? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, it's just interesting because like there's a part of me that I'm like, what's he going to say about me? Um, no, I think like we can we can sort of use me as an example here um, of like sharing, I guess, what it's like to kind of like spot a fixation. What are the traits? So like, let's use fives as an example, like what's what is the fives title? Like each fixation has a title right so the fives are yeah. the, the fives are the observer yeah fives the the ego role the five is the observer okay and then just tell me a little bit more about fives like when you like what traits do you see in fives well it's not really what i see it's just kind of what what is um but i can tell you like um the ego fixation of the five is stinginess and that um yeah i really more, dislike that word yeah that's that's more that's more about retaining resources and minimizing needs in an attempt to deal with um a world that seems to exploit more than it nurtures okay that 100 percent makes sense but that to me yeah. that word makes it like i just don't like that description because yeah. that when people think of stinginess they think of someone who like like doesn't want to pay for and, anything or yeah like, yeah yeah and I'm yeah. like not stingy, yeah. but when it comes to, yeah, like there's definitely that like kind of like the world is very overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so you, mm -hmm. and you, and you can tend to feel depleted by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you, the passion, the passion of the five is it's called avarice, which is, which there's this, this sense of withholding to avoid exhaustion. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes. <laughs> For sure. Why are they called the observer? Uh, because they sit back and they observe. Uh, I, I like to think of, of the classic five as somebody who's really active in chat rooms. Like you can't, 
<laughs> like that's how that's how they interact with the world. You can't like you don't have access to them, but through like the computer. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. I mean, there's more truth to that right now than there is normally because of COVID and the way the world is now. But I wouldn't have really related to that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um but like you you've said about fives a lot of like give us some examples of fives in the world because you they're often like kind of brainiacs and like really smart and in sort of tech like things even though I that doesn't apply to me but sorry the two many questions at once but I was just gonna say like this is also shows um that significant distinction between the self-prezi um, se- social and sexual, because as the sexual five, I'm actually very different than other types of fives. Yeah. So, so you just, you mentioned a lot of things. Um, I can mention some, some more uh, characteristics of like how fives may show up in the world. Um, and you're right back to sort of the, the subtype situation, this to the 27 subtypes, the three yeah. subtype of five. Yes. The sexual or one-to-one five is very different than the self-preservation five in the sense that, you know, fives are, seem to be cut off from, from their emotions. Um, they, where the sexual fives are quite emotional and uh-huh. quite, um, <laughs> you know um so that's again it's it's i i really see the enneagram as more of almost 27 distinct types instead of nine distinct types but yeah back to your previous questions uh fives can fives are like the classic librarian Mm -hmm, yeah Um, like recluse or hermits yeah. Um, like like the unabomber was like oh like somebody somebody that well that that was an extreme a version, new yeah. example please yes um cartographers architects scientists can tend to be fives like um computer programmers tech nerds we already kind of talked about that yeah because uh, isn't um some famous examples well isn't uh can you tell some because the guy who started of, like crypto or something. Oh, some examples, like some examples of fives. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, Bitcoin, whoever the Satoshi Nakamoto was, who yeah. <laughs> is credited for for Bitcoin, who we don't know who that is, was, you know, that's like a five phenomenon. Uh-huh. Um, um, you know, starting a... Isn't Mark Zuckerberg a five? Mark Zuckerberg is a five. Yeah. Five. So like people like that. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's a five. But um, he's probably self-prezzy. Oh, I know who you're thinking about. You were thinking of Vitalik Buterin. Yes, the guy yes, who started yes. Ethereum. Yeah, he's yes. like he's like picture perfect five. He he and Mark Zuckerberg are, are probably both self-preservation fives. He's picture perfect five, especially like the way he dresses, cracks yeah. me up. Yeah, it's in as far as Eckhart Tolle is probably self-preservation five <gasps> as well. For sure. Um, Barack Obama is probably a social five. Okay, I love that example. Um, Albert Einstein is probably a social five as well. Who? Albert Einstein. Oh, sweet. Social five. Adi Ashanti is probably a sexual five. Yeah. Um, and I, there are other examples, but just to just to throw some out there. 
<clears throat> okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, collectors, collectors are fives, archaeologists. Um, I do have a degree in archaeology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of degrees, lots, lots of information gathering. Lots of information gathering. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of one of their things, right? Like hoarding information. Yep. For as protection, it's again, that's the, that's an ego. It's an ego um, mechanism to stay safe. Yeah, I definitely do that. And as I've learned about the Enneagram, I've been more actively like not doing that. Um, it's not that it's like, you know, okay, you learn about the Enneagram and then you don't want to do certain things, but you just become more aware of like, oh, I, I, I do this thing and maybe I don't need to, or maybe there's, I'm doing this because I think it's fulfilling something that's actually not. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's where you start. You start with sort of stepping back and, and observing, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> observing, observing these patterns from a way that you're not, you're not reacting to them. You're not taking your own patterns personally. And when you start doing that, yeah. you, you also, when you learn about the other fixations, you can step back and not take the other people you are in a relationship with and taking mm -hmm. their patterns personally. Mm -hmm. And you, you're, you can show up with more tolerance and empathy and compassion when, you know, dealing with AIDS, dealing with, um, different ways that fixations press your buttons. Yeah. So how do you, um, so I know my type because you typed me, I think before I even met you in real life. Um, or well, we talked, we talked about it. It was a, it was a, um, um, I would say it was a mutual sort of unfolding. And so I've found, I've gotten pretty, I tend to be a quick, learner especially when I'm interested in something and I immediately was like interested in the Enneagram so I feel like I've gotten fairly good at typing based on like I can type fairly quick and I think I'm often right but like how other than like having someone you know who can type you I know there's tests and stuff but we I think most Enneagram people believe that those tests aren't super accurate. Like what is your thoughts on, cause people might be like, Oh, I want to know what my type is and what would they do? Well, one thing I want to mention is, yeah. So there are online tests. I've never taken them. I've not, you know, I learned the Enneagram through study books, watching exemplars, meaning videos of people who talk about their subtypes, um, mm -hmm. talk about their types I learned um, not to interrupt you, but like I was able to read your book that you know, Oh right, on, yeah. And yeah. I read it twice all yeah. the way through. And like so that I think that definitely like I take in knowledge that way pretty easily. So I think I mean I feel fortunate to have had that and just it just kind of like and then we talk about it all the time. Right, right. Well, in, in this book is really meant to be more of a textbook type book of, yeah. of, of really just straight up information. Yeah. Um, just 
what things are more of a reference more of like almost like an encyclopedic enneagram text yeah but like, it's so effective that way yeah but one thing i wanted to to say about you know ha typing people and it's yeah. not you know because a lot of people you know not not that there's anything inherently wrong with typing people but it's use the enneagram as a sacred tool and you really I would say the first way, in my opinion, to use it is to use it for yourself. Identify what you are um, and use it to go deeper within yourself. Yeah. To discover, just to discover who you are and not who you are as a better fixation, but to discover who you are as living consciousness, which the, the Enneagram is a spiritual tool. It's not a, like I said, it's people want to use it to help them to become better egos, but it's, it's, it's actually just the opposite. It's for ego transcendence. So it, 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 yeah. And it can help to identify, use it to identify the people around you and, and their, what, you know, what mechanism is running, what fixation is running. So like we said, not take those things personally and to show up with more tolerance, empathy, and compassion um, when, when things that we don't like and our buttons get pushed and our triggers go off. And mm -hmm. that's really the way to use it. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to say that because I think there, there, there's the Enneagram has become just this, oh, let's, who's this, who's that? And what do you think their fixation is? And, and really that's, sort of missing the point with the Enneagram is it's, 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 it can be fun and amusing, but it's not the main purpose. I see it in I, you, I want to be using it. Yeah. But if you, like you said, in relationship or friendships, if you're using it to be more compassionate and empathic, don't you need to know what they are? Absolutely. And I think that that's good. I just, I think there's a tendency to get into, um, To just ha to 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 lose the sacredness around it and have it to become just a judgmental um, thing that you can you can armor yourself and be better than other people or you know you know does that make sense? Um, I mean, I see what you're saying as using it as um, a sacred tool, but I... using it as a sacred tool as opposed to a weapon. Yeah, I just, I just would never imagine using it that way. But I think it's, I mean, so I equate it a lot to what I know the most about in this sort of thing, which would be like astrology. Like I know a lot about different astrological signs. I can usually spot someone based on what they look like, um, you know, certain characteristics and things like that, how they act. Um, I'm pretty good, but it's like, I would never use it in a malicious way like like there's no signs that i'm like oh if you are this then like i don't like you. right 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 no i get that i just want to put that out there because i do think it does get used in that you know it can be used in an unconscious way okay yeah i haven't I, really seen that but i hear what you're saying i'm i'm here i think i've saw something about people typing their dogs or like just all <laughs> kind of like you know i saw an ad it just I was shocked to see like the Enneagram is everywhere like I saw an ad online yeah. for 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 uh, 
wedding rings of people type using the Enneagram to get the right wedding ring for their partner. Oh my like, gosh, that's so funny. I mean, I, I mean, can see how that would be, but yeah. Um, well, so I, I'm still waiting for the Enneagram dating app. Like I'm not waiting no, for no, it, no, but it I'm just saying like- It sort it, of exists it, it, in a way. It sort of exists. There is a app that my friend just told me about. I can't remember what it's called now, but you're you're able to enter personality types, Enneagram. Um, yeah, I mean, most of them already have like- you know your sign but like yeah like infj or whatever i i literally know nothing about that but like there's you can like fill out all you know human design like all the different things so it's happening oh oh i wanted to touch on something which was um you talked about being sacred and so what what is the history of the enneagram because i think it's isn't it christian based or something random it's used a lot in christianity um richard Rohr is the guy that uses the enneagram a lot he's a christian person i think i don't know if i would call him a monk i don't i don't know but he uses if you look up richard Rohr, r-o-h-r i think he's got a lot of enneagram books and it is um part of the christian tradition but that's not where it came from and the truth is they actually don't really know where it came from. Um, I've heard that people have seen it in cave paintings thousands of years ago in India. Um, the classic sort of. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's been around a while. We don't really know. We just, we don't really know where it comes from. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. It, esoteric Christian and Sufi traditions. Um, it's shown up there. Um, but it really, when it first comes to prominence or comes to light was, um, in the early 1900s by a guy named George Gurdjieff, who was, who was a philosopher and teacher, a Russian person. And he brings it out. And then in the 1950s, a guy named Oscar Chazo, um, in Chile brought it out even more and then one of his students and claudia ronho brings it out even more um, and eventually it comes into its present day incarnation okay so we don't really know it's sort of just been kind of like i wonder how i wonder how different it is from when it first started do you know what i mean like if it's had that many like well yeah i mean people have added their different layers of interpretations on it and yeah. i think that's 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 what was happening um in the 50s okay well when of. did beatrice chestnut come in then because didn't she's kind of isn't she did she, she like I, write the first main book about it or like why is she so why is her name so big in it no um i found out about her and the and i i worked with her once in the I don't know. I found out about her in the like, I don't know, 2012, maybe 2013, sometime in the early, early 2010s. Um, no, I mean, tons of people have written tons of books about him. Um, uh, Riso and Hudson kind of wrote the, wrote kind of the newer classic book that's been around a while called, I actually don't even know what it's called. I have it somewhere. Um, but no, tons of tons of people have written tons of books about the Enneagram and it's been around since 
if we don't know how long and um, yeah. Okay. So origins are slightly vague. We'll the origins, say. the origins are slightly vague. I mean, there are details around it, but there's no, there's no like, oh, this person had a revelation and came out with it, and yeah, two thousand years before Christ, and yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not like that. Okay. Did we want to continue using fives as an example? Was there anything else you wanted to kind of share about? Um, you know, maybe you can explain, you know, just kind of using it as an example of like, here's some traits, here's how we might identify, here's, um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I think of with fives is the, this this word nonconformist. Oh, yeah. Um you know, fives are the most non-conformist type on the Enneagram, mm -hmm. which means, you know, they, they don't give you what you want. They're not necessarily going to <laughs> adhere to the social norms. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're non-conformist. Um, generally they deal with feelings by splitting off from them and staying mental about them okay but Although, not the social well not 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 this not this i mean not the sexual right right or yeah. still maybe but it like... still ha it still happens but there's a there's there's yeah there's more in what i've seen with with one-to-one -one or sexual fights there's more definitely more processing more emotionality more tears more more of that than say self-preservation what i will say about that though just like being a five <clears throat> my experience with that is like so i'm super emotional um but only like like I wasn't all, I was always very emotional, but I didn't always feel resourced to deal with the emotions. So that's more of something that has come in the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, and then what has come from that even is like, once I figured out oh, like I have a lot of, like, I'm so emotional. I have a lot of emotions, but I didn't really know what to do with them or how to express them. Once I figured out how to express them, then I had to like, then I went into like deeply processing them with my brain. And so then one of the things that I've, you know, worked a lot with in the last five years or something is um, how to process more with my body and uh, in my heart instead of my brain and my thinking. And that's still something that I have to like, and I mean, I utilize both obviously, but I'm getting more aware of when I need to feel instead of think. And for a five, I think like our go-to is definitely thinking, aren't they the heart, the head triad or like, cause isn't their heart head and what's the other one? Gut. 
Heart, head, and gut. Yeah, so like different numbers are either heart, head, and gut. So I'm assuming five is head. Exactly. And yep. like your heart, right? Three is a heart? Correct. Yeah. Who's gut? Uh, gut would be the anger points. So the eights, nines, and ones. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's body-based. It's deeper. It's, it's yeah. or, you know. It's, I yeah. see. Okay. See, I, I think all of that's really interesting too. Mm -hmm. so like you know you mentioned you've used such a process in like one you know the, the any you were doing more body processing or, or you know somatic expressing processing yeah. as you called it and that's you know the enneagram can help with that for example yeah as you're as you dive into yourself you know you can you can say what am i avoiding right now in this oh moment? exactly yes yeah and, for sure and for a five you might be avoiding emptiness and there might be a tendency to bounce off that emptiness into your head and have stories about it and instead somatically you actually feel that emptiness mm. and you work with that now having the enneagram points those things out that yeah. maybe you're avoiding emptiness maybe for a different fixation is something different for a three it might be failure for uh -huh. nine, maybe they're avoiding conflict. Yeah. Eight's vulnerability. One's anger. Two personal needs. Four is being <laughs> ordinary. Six is rejection. Seven suffering. Yeah. Yeah. See, I that's oh, that's the stuff that I find really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, you love my book then. I know you've read it. Why well, can't yeah. wait till I get it out? <laughs> I know. I think it's really helpful. And um, yeah, so I know that's like a ton of information and it's hard to take the Enneagram and put it in an hour episode, just like most things, you know, like NBC or something you can't teach in an hour. Um, but I think that that if, if, you know, I think that that definitely gives like an idea of, <clears throat> of kind of what sorts of things are brought into awareness when using the Enneagram? Um, yeah, it helps you. And I may have already mentioned this. It helps you not take your own stuff so personally and others people's stuff so personally. And it also helps you realize you're not alone with your personal issues. Like, Everybody mm -hmm. is dealing with it and it's structured differently for some people. Some people are structured the same and there can be a, a, a refuge knowing that, or at least I found, because I thought I was the only one that had issues. <laughs> no, that, that resonates in the sense that like, I, I know that, like, I don't know cognitively how all this happened, but I can like look back on it now and be like, oh yeah, that was helpful. Um, is like knowing that um, fives are like fear can be fear-based. Mm -hmm. um, like, I feel like I had a lot more compassion around that actually like times where fear has driven the bus for me. Mm -hmm. And then also there was also some kind of permission to be like, oh, I can like, I can also lessen that. Like that's just there because it's there and I can choose to not let it 
Yeah, you you have the choice to stop. The boss. Yeah, you have the choice to stop following those thoughts. You have the choice to. But uh, it's like, I think that fear, I mean, everyone has fear. Obviously, we're humans. But like, I think that just knowing, there was something about just knowing that, that I was able to see the ways I was showing up with fear when I didn't even, like, I wouldn't have even labeled that as fear. Yeah. Then that's, that's, you know, that's the beginning of using the Enneagram to, for greater self-awareness and transcendence of your ego. Yeah. And the discovery of peace, because also that's the, 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 the five essence that the, the ego is covering is peace. Yeah. And that relates to me deeply, 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 deeply. Yeah. Like that's really what I'm always striving for is just to feel peace um and oftentimes i do get to feel it a lot and it's yeah for me that's like there's there's nothing better than feeling peace do you want to talk about threes at all or should we save that for a different episode i think let's save that for a different episode um i hope i've done a good job and kind of going over the fixations. I know it was explained kind of um, quickly in the beginning, but just to just to say again, there are nine types of humans on the planet. There is a, three of them are emotional, three of them are physical, three of them are mental, making up nine types. Mm-hmm. You have an internalized and an externalized version of the emotional, mental, and physical types. So the three is the core emotional point. The six is the core mental point. The nine is the core physical or body point, and you get internalized versions of both of those. So the two and the four, the five and the seven, and the eight and the one for the body type. Um, so I don't know, you may want to. I think we, um, I think we never really answered the question because I think we got, we kind of went off on other things, but about if someone does want to know what they are, what's the best way to do it? If we don't think that the tests are accurate, I mean, there's not really. Well, they may be, I, I don't know. I've, I've not heard good things about a lot of them. Um, I know Riso and Hudson have a test in one of their books. I don't think. I mean, I went through two or three different fixations before I, it was really apparent to me and I had help identifying um, mine. Some, okay, are, so some, just... are, some are easier to identify with others. You know, I've watched a lot of videos of, of people talking and I think that's a really good way um, is to, to watch videos. I think there are videos out there on, 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 YouTube now, um, you know, working with someone who is good at identifying, but it's all, it's also not, um, you know, that's one thing I do is typing. Um, but it's, it's not, some are easier than others. You know, you were, like you said, when it was, you were easier. Some are very difficult. Some look like three different things. I've, I've been in, um, workshops where, you know, people who were expert in the Enneagram couldn't identify people. So it's not, you know, 
Okay. It's not, yeah. Well, I know there's. I, I, I would, I, I would just say, if you're really interested, you would want to, you would want to take some tests, read it, do your, you know, feel into it, and you know, seek the expert help of something, or to go to a workshop and be around other people. That'd be your best way if you were, if you didn't know. Well, I know, like I follow several and. Instagram Instagram pages too and like that's kind of fun because they do you know they'll show different fixation kind of patterns I think that I mean I think what I hear you saying too is just kind of like reading about the different uh, fixations and like seeing what resonates for yourself right even though we can't always see everything like someone might not think they're a fear point like they might not think fear is you know, they might not think they're an anger point or something because they're just not conscious and aware of that yet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the question is like, if you don't know what type you are, what I've right. heard well, about it, it's Okay, so, well, it's complicated because the fixations move too. You've got wings, not to get too complicated, but you've got wings on each side of the fixation, which can go to. And you've also got the movements. So for the five, the five moves to uh, eight in relaxation in the heart space, and it moves to seven in the stress space. So yeah. you you the five moves to an anger or to another fear point. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> well, probably. and like you said, for wings. So if someone if they don't know what that means, that's like if you're five, then you're either a wing six or a wing four. I'm totally a five wing four because I lean way more towards four, um, four attributes than I do sixes. But I probably sometimes dip into six, right? Just because it's there. Yeah, I mean, we can represent all types of all fixations. I mean, anybody can have the anger of. No, I know, but I was explaining the wings specifically. Yeah, exactly. But also just, it's not, the Enneagram is not some, like there's fluidity with it. It's not rigid, like parts of it are like, yes, there are rigid parts, but like it's more of a fluid system. And, you know, because people will ask me, you know, the fixation you're born with is the fixation you will die with. You don't change fixations. Different, you will move within different paradigms of different fixations and those are the movements those are the wings and you know you can feel all different things but there's a core fixation that is your body mind that doesn't change i mean it's so similar to astrology in that framework of like like i'm a leo i'm always going to be a leo but like also i have a a moon in pisces so then i have very like pisces like you know, attributes from that, but then my rising is also Leo. So I like double Leo. And then, you know, you have all your houses and everything else that affects it too. So like, there's always going to be variation. So even though we've talked about like ways, you know, to quote unquote, not use the Enneagram, um, we're also humans, so I know there's gonna be certain interests for people. Like, like I know that I have friends who want to use Instagram in business, and they want to know what type their client is to be able to help them 
more productively. I also know that, you know, people tend to have a desire to use things like this to see their compatibility with other people, you know, that in astrology, there's a lot of discussion around signs that are compatible or not. So like, I know from what I've heard that, that Enneagram isn't really used as a compatibility framework, but at the same time, I also know in your book, you have, you do talk about the different relational patterns between uh, different typings. So can you just kind of talk about that a little bit? Cause I feel like people, you know, I mean, people get curious about love and compatibility and things. So. Yeah. At the, at the end of my book, which this may be a separate book and I may not include, even include this section, but I do talk about the different pairings um, of the relationships and how they may show up and for for greater clarity so for example you know we were talking about the three five i'll just read you um what i wrote about the three five um and i say this is a couple where opposites attract threes are very image conscious conformist and are over occupied with what other people think while fives are non-conformist and care less about the image they present or what others think Despite their differences, when conditions are ripe, there's a strong cerebral and physical chemistry between these two types. And this is a common pairing on the Enneagram. Both types like to stay in control and avoid their emotions. The general energetic- <laughs> but, Okay, okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> but that's not true for us, I don't feel like. Well, there are gradations of, of healthy and conscious fixations. Okay, because I feel like you and I don't avoid emotions really. Yeah, there are great there are gradations. The generally generally though, the general is that threes are avoiding and getting in busy into production and, and fives are cutting off and going into mental fantasy. Okay. So I oh yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's just because we've both done enough of the work to be able to do that. That would be my guess as well. So I'll just okay. continue. The general, the general energetic movement that plays out is the needy three moving towards the withdrawn five. <laughs> Once committed, the five may want more of the three's time than the three is willing to devote to such things as staying at home and may feel limited in activities of work and play. Through facing the emotional vulnerability of having regular honest communication and by having agreed upon expectations, boundaries, shared activities and commitments, this couple grows and gains in a deep conscious way. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, any last words for people who are wanting to learn more? Um, yeah, that are curious uh, about the Enneagram? Well, there are so many resources um, online and there's so many great Enneagram teachers. Um, right now, I think you mentioned Beatrice Chestnut and um, there are so many great podcasts and I think you mentioned you follow people on Instagram. So there, there are yeah. a ton of resources, there are a ton of great books. If you have specifics, you are welcome to email me, uh, timheathsessions at gmail.com. I also do. If you have specific what questions? Questions, yeah. 
are you open to working with people right now doing Enneagram stuff or is that something uh, you're doing as your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want typing help, I can help with that and um, just more general information. But there's so much stuff in books. I would start with books. And if you want to dive deeper and get more serious or you're having trouble, discover what type you are, um, please reach out. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for telling us about the Enneagram and maybe just maybe we'll have more episodes coming up talking about different types. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I didn't say anything. You know, we talked about some five stuff. I feel like we didn't get into anything. <laughs> well, what do you want to get into? <laughs> no, I'm just, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lifetime study. For sure. Yeah, we can get into whatever. I mean, it might be just helpful to go through each fixations because I know that was probably confusing if someone didn't know the Enneagram. To, to go through each fixation, as I said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fun if people know what they are, though. Like, if they don't know what... Oh, but maybe that would help them figure out what they are. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Or maybe we'll do a workshop. Sure. We do a typing workshop. Okay, yeah, well, keep yeah. your eye out, y'all, because who knows what's to come.